Welcome to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. My name is Emma Sue Prince, and this podcast is based on the internationally selling book by the same name. This book focuses on seven important skills. They are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic, and being resilient. And this podcast is all about how you can bring these skills into your everyday life so that you are living a life full of happiness, full of purpose, great relationships, doing work that you love, and just really getting the most out of life. Welcome to another episode in the Pivot series. I'm focusing on people who've changed and transformed their lives in some way in the past 18 months and through the pandemic. What's been most challenging? What's been rewarding? What sort of skills have they had to draw on and learn to move forward? I feel that no matter what may be happening in our lives, we can all learn from these stories and particularly when it comes to the skills we need. My hope is that on hearing these stories, you'll be able to take inspiration, maybe emulate some of these skills to make changes in your own life. On this episode, I'm talking to Laura Price and her story is more about long term pivot. So more about how a pivotal event such as a serious illness impacts your life and changes it. She has a number of different things she's doing in her career now. And Laura Price was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2012, age 29. She had chemotherapy treatment, radiotherapy, and joined the charity Copperfield in 2013 after reading Chris Helenger's story in the news. She has since been involved in several half marathons, a two-mile swim and treks across Iceland and the Lake District to raise money for the charity. In 2022, on the 10th anniversary of her diagnosis, Laura's first novel, Single Bald Female, will be published by Pan Macmillan, inspired by her own experiences with dating and breast cancer. Laura works as a food journalist and an author, and she talks about being decisive and not putting things off, really going for the type of work that you really love. Before her illness, she was a financial journalist and has always loved writing and storytelling. But now she is directing those talents into something that she truly, truly loves. And a pivotal event, whether that's a pandemic or serious illness or some other trauma, it does force you to reassess your life. The skills that have helped Laura most are storytelling being authentic, honest, and speaking openly. Journaling can be a valuable tool, for example, for any of us to process change and work through emotions. Listen right through to the end for Laura's top three tips on how to successfully pivot. Enjoy this episode. So I'm delighted today to have Laura Price with us on the podcast Thank you so much for joining us today, Laura, and welcome. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. So could you just begin by maybe explaining to listeners a bit more about what you do at the moment and your journey? Yes. 
So I guess you could describe me as a multi-hyphenate. So I do quite a lot of different things. So I'm primarily a journalist. I write about restaurants, a bit of food and travel, and also some other stuff there. I've just written my first novel, which is called Single Bald Female, and it's out in 2022. I'm also a translator of Spanish and Portuguese to English, and I'm, I also do consulting work. You asked about my journey. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2012 when I was 29. I had been working in quite a stressful job in financial journalism. I went on to have surgery, chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Through that, I discovered the charity Copperfield, which is a breast cancer education charity. I actually, I think I read an article about the founder, Chris Halenga, who was diagnosed with cancer at the incurable stage at the age of 23. And I decided to sign up to run a half marathon to raise money for Copperfield. And through that, I ended up meeting um, Chris and her twin sister, Mara and Helenga, who had founded the charity. And then I ended up getting involved and volunteering with them. And so everything that has kind of happened since then with my life, with, with writing a book and with changing it to a different type of journalism, is kind of sort of almost come from that moment and the changes that happened in my life as a result of it. For anyone who reads my book, they'll probably find out that my main character doesn't like the word journey in relation to um, certain things. Can you say a bit more about that? Why the word journey? Um, it's really just in relation to cancer. I, 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 it kind of makes me cringe a little bit because for me and for the character in my book, cancer is not a journey. It's uh, for me, a journey is, you know, a road trip or something fun, whereas cancer is just a horrible thing that happens to you. So, yeah, of course, it is a journey. And I understand that word, but I try not to use that word. I try to say my cancer experience or or my story and what's happened to me. I think that's very valuable to know and to, and to recognise. Can you say a bit more about how you feel your life is as a result of all these different experiences? So to explain a bit, so I was writing, I was a financial journalist. I was working in a job that I loved. I was really passionate about and I was able to travel the world. I lived in Latin America, mm -hmm. um, went to some amazing places, met some amazing people. But it was a very, very, very stressful job. And also, I, there wasn't really a lot of soul or a lot of personal side of the writing. Um, as a child growing up, I had always written stories and I'd always written personal things. And I'd always wanted to write about kind of women's stuff, write for women's magazines. But I'd gone away from that when I was suddenly in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house. I suddenly started writing these blogs about myself and about my my health and, and what I was going through and having chemotherapy and losing my hair and worrying about um, potentially having a mastectomy, worrying about gene problems and things like that. And it really resonated with, um, with an audience in a way that my work, my very impersonal um, financial journalism had never done, or at least I'd never seen the reaction in the same way. And so that uh, became this thing that I was like wow it kind of brought back that love of writing that I had as a child I, like most people who go through cancer or any other trauma in their lives you, you kind of realize life is short uh, I know it sounds like a cliche but it's absolutely true and it it makes you think why put off the decisions that I've been wanting to make until later in life when I can make them today so 
I kind of decided there and then I'm going to change my career. I'm going to write about the things that I want to write about. And I ended up going into food journalism, which is something I really, really love. And then later ended, ended up writing a book. So I think that's also something that's happened to a lot of people with the pandemic. Been this huge life event that causes you to reassess and re rethink about what you really want from life and think about doing it now instead of leaving it for later. I think what you say about traumatic event kind of pushing you really to reassess your life. Some people have also experienced that or many people perhaps have experienced that through the pandemic as well and are perhaps making changes in some way. When I think about the word pivot and listening to you I just think of this kind of massive life change and event that happens it's almost like you're just sort of tipped over but if you were to look back on this time and and on these years since then what do you think are some of the skills that have helped you to pivot actually storytelling and honesty and I don't know if honesty is a skill but actually Um, The younger the generation, the younger the person at the moment, the more people are um, able to talk openly about themselves and their feelings. We talk a lot about mental health and and about being open and how that helps us to process our, our problems and issues. And for me, you know, I'm a journalist, I'm a storyteller. And so what actually got me through that um, whole process, that whole experience of having cancer was being able to express myself and being able to tell my story. And I'd come from this place where I was writing um, very impartial, very impersonal financial news and I wasn't used to expressing myself. And I think I kind of taught myself all over again um, to, to express myself and just be honest. And it's really interesting uh, when I monitor my own Instagram feed uh, or any blogs that I've written, when I've written something really personal and really um, honest, it always, always, always resonates much, much better and gets a much bigger reaction and much, much bigger engagement with people than when I've posted something which is perhaps a bit more materialistic or perhaps a, a bit more, you know, just trying to post a picture of something that looks good. I think and I think that can apply to anyone and it's not necessarily I know know that might not be as easy for everyone to do um, but you don't and you don't necessarily have to broadcast to the world what you're going through and also it's absolutely a personal choice a lot of people who have cancer Mm -hmm. or any any problems won't want to write write publicly about it and that's absolutely fine but um, if you are struggling with those things and you do generally find writing a help then I would suggest having a private diary and writing down your feelings. Because mm-hmm. for me, I, I've actually done that my whole life, um, nearly 40 years mm-hmm. old now, and I still write a diary and it's something that's just always really helped me. This is something that I'm a huge believer of journaling as a way to process emotions and process change and you know all of that. So I think that you're right. That's something that anybody can do. It is actually very powerful, very healing. Um, and I think also that process of journaling or writing or, or telling a story, even if it's, you know, telling your story to yourself, I think it also helps you to get in, get in touch with who you really are. And maybe that's something that, you know, you have this traumatic event and it kind of reveals some, maybe perhaps who you really are or what you really want to do or, or feel passionate about. And maybe that's what it is that we often can find difficult to get in touch with. You know, many people might work in job they're quite happy in like you were you know it was exciting great but maybe you're not necessarily showing your your whole self so if this event hadn't happened would you be a different person um that's such a hard question i think that i wouldn't have this um 
I, I, so I'm not one of those live for, live for the day people. I'm very risk averse. I, I'm a saver, not a spender. I, um, I do a lot of things that are still future looking. So, you know, I'm not one of these people who's just gonna say, oh yeah, let's jump off a cliff tomorrow for, you know, do a bungee jump or whatever. Um, massively so I used to be much more of a saver than a spender now I'm somewhere in the middle and I now I I think to myself oh do you know what I've I've been saving but actually I can afford to buy that holiday and actually that might improve my quality of life if I I've definitely Mm. changed in that way and I've definitely changed in the sense of um, taking risks so 11 months before the pandemic I became self-employed so I quit my job, uh, which again was another job that I loved in restaurant journalism. Um, but I needed to have the time to myself to be able to finish the book that I was writing. And I just also was finding it very difficult as I still have some of the side effects of the cancer treatment many, many years later. And I was finding it very difficult to um, maintain that pace and that routine, um, traveling lots and commuting, uh, having a long commute. And I think perhaps if I hadn't had cancer, I wouldn't have made that decision so easily to just quit and go freelance Mm. without any real assurance that I, you know, was going to be able to make a living from it. And similarly with the book, like I might have waited in the in the full time job until I had a book deal rather than what I actually did, which was quit my job and think, okay, hopefully I'll I'll get a book deal. Um, so yeah, I think I've become a bit more of a risk taker and a bit more of a, mm. but still not one who's jumping off cliffs every day. Gosh, so you became self-employed for the pandemic. Yes. How did the pandemic affect your your work? It was very scary in the beginning uh, because I still didn't have a book deal at that point. So I actually got my book deal in the pandemic and I had various bits of work for different magazines, but also working for my old company which was the world's 50 best restaurants and I suddenly saw so I was doing some food and travel work and suddenly travel wasn't a possibility and I had certain things that had been commissioned which um, fell through and I I sort of April 2020 I had a bit of a panic and thought you know I'm not quite sure um, what's going to happen now at the same time the global restaurant industry was kind of collapsing and restaurants were all being forced to close the same with bars And my old company, the world's 50 best restaurants, who I was still doing a lot of freelance work for, decided to hold a huge global auction to raise money for restaurants and bars. So we would provide grants to restaurants and bars from this fund. um, And it was organizing a massive auction of incredible once in a lifetime prizes. So, for example, you might fly to Australia and do a helicopter ride and then eat at this restaurant with one of the best chefs in the world and have this incredible experience because I have a lot of contacts in Latin America and I speak Spanish and Portuguese. They asked me to call up loads of chefs in Latin America and some other countries and basically ask them to donate prizes to this auction. And then they also asked me to look at how we might distribute the funds and how we might work on the whole thing. So I actually spent about two months working on this and it was very much outside my comfort zone because I'm not a salesperson and I actually hate that process of calling people and asking for something. It's just not in my um, nature. So it was a huge learning experience, but it also kind of gave me a purpose 
So suddenly I was doing something to potentially help. I was also speaking to people a lot and hearing the stories of what was happening in Brazil and what was happening in Argentina and what was happening in, in Mexico. That was sort of my work pivot. So I ended up being really, really busy throughout the first year of the pandemic. But when I had little lulls in time, I used them to finish off further edits of my novel and I actually ended up getting the book deal in I think September or October 2020. That was bad timing but also wonderful timing in some ways. I think it didn't change things hugely for me because I was already working from home. The great thing about being a writer is that you can obviously do that from home and you know I was very very fortunate in that sense to find plenty of work to do. Mm. I mean that it actually sounds like the things that you ended up doing were really rewarding. I want to just touch on resilience. There are sort of two types of resilience. One is um, kind of what you bring to the party if you like. So you know what you kind of already have which might be to do with your own you know life experiences, your character, your temperament, whatever. And then we have uh, processive resilience, which is what you build during a time of crisis. And I'd just be interested to hear what, what your take is on that. So how resilient do you think you were before the cancer diagnosis? And do you feel you've built up resilience through going through that experience and, and the things that happened after that? I think it's very difficult to measure because my resilience hadn't really been tested. I come from a family in um, Yorkshire. My mum and dad are very, very um, hardworking, didn't come from rich backgrounds or anything. So they always had drummed into me this sort of importance of really hard graft and taking what comes to you and, um, and not complaining too much. I think that I probably always had a bit of that definitely over the years cancer I think I think my just automatic approach to it was quite positive actually I think I've always been not an optimist not a pessimist but a realist but with the cancer I think also naivety helped because I didn't really know much about it at that time and I didn't ever really think that I was gonna die for it then which obviously I very much could have done yeah I think in terms of resilience I actually think I've developed it much more in recent years. I think in my 20s, I had it reasonably easy and more or less everything I wanted, I got in life, even though I got it through a lot of hard work. I think in my 30s have been a lot harder in terms of the various challenges that have come my way. I, I got an agent immediately after pitching my book, but I didn't get a book deal immediately. So talk to any published author and they'll tell you about the various rejections that they've had along the way. So I had rejections in book publishing, jobs that I applied for. I had rejection in my love life. I really have learned resilience. Life teaches you resilience. And I've certainly got plenty of it at the moment. I'm sure you have. Tell us about the book. So it's called Single Bald Female and it's out in April 2022 with Pam Macmillan um, in the UK. And uh, But it should be available in other countries as well. It's also coming out in Germany. It's about a girl called Jess who is 31 years old and she's basically smashing it at life. She's got the job, she's a magazine editor She's got the boyfriend, she's got the flat and she's got the cat. Sort of series of events happens whereby she ends up breaking up with her boyfriend of five years and she's also then diagnosed with breast cancer. 
and it's about the people and the friendships she uh, makes along the way and the experiences she has and what she kind of learns from that experience. It's inspired by some of the things that happened to me, but it's absolutely not about me. It's very much a fiction, a work of fiction. And oh, yes, to explain the title, Single Bald Female. So she also starts dating with a bald head. And it's about the, the funny and ridiculous things that happen to her along the yeah. way. So it's very, although it obviously touches on tragic themes it's very yeah. uplifting I think and has has funny bits as well or at least I hope people will find it funny it sounds it sounds fantastic when so when is that coming out so it's April 2022 in England in yeah. the UK um February 2022 in Germany and then it shall hopefully be out in the US and and other territories yeah. as well that's great so just to ask you to any of our listeners who may be thinking that they want to make changes in their lives, maybe feeling that perhaps they haven't pivoted as much as they would have liked to have done during the pandemic. What would be kind of three tips maybe that you would offer to get yourself into a position where you can make that change? Three things. So the first is do what you love or find what you love. So if you don't know what you love, then think about all the things that you enjoy doing perhaps outside of work or or indeed break down your job and think about the parts of it that you do like. So there might be parts that you don't like, like Excel spreadsheets, but there might be parts that you do like, like uh, writing emails or talking to people or meeting new people. And all of those things I think can lead to helping you to find out what jobs are out there. My second one would be write lists. So I'm a huge list maker and I think that lists help you to be organized, but they also help you work out decisions based on, you know, writing your pros and cons. They also, if you're very um, forgetful like me, which is another side effect of breast cancer treatment, then they help you to remember things and remember what day it is, for example. So, um, so yeah, write, write lots of lists. And then my third one, which it's a tip for freelancers and the self-employed, but probably should also be helpful for everyone is if you find yourself procrastinating and not really getting anywhere with what you're trying to do then switch off and call it a day as a freelancer I will have I will be trying to work on a task and I'm not getting anywhere with it and I'm perhaps just sitting on my sitting and looking at my screen or a blank piece of paper I mean I'm not getting anywhere and on the next day I will think oh well I could have just spent that time reading a great book and that might have inspired me nothing wrong with quitting and go off and do something I enjoy instead do some exercise read a book and then I think the next day you'll come back in hopefully refreshed and ready to go thank you those are great tips I'm sure people will really be able to resonate with those they're really really helpful thank you I just wanted to remind everyone who's listening to check their boobs um, which is a really important message from the charity Copperfield that I mentioned at the top of the, the podcast. I'm incredibly lucky to be here nine years after my breast cancer diagnosis, but that is only because I've, I found the breast cancer quite early, um, early enough to treat it. Um, but as I mentioned at the beginning, Chris Halenga, who founded the charity, was actually diagnosed um, at the incurable stage, which meant that um, her cancer has been able to be treated for an amazing 12 years. It can never be cured. And that's Copperfield, the charity's message is actually making sure people um, check themselves and know the signs and symptoms of cancer and do something about it. Go to their doctors. If anyone takes any message away from this, then please go home. Whatever your age, whatever your gender, check yourselves regularly and just pay attention to any lumps bumps 
swelling, pain, difference in consistency. And you can go to the Copperfield website to um, have a look at what those symptoms are. Anything that you see that has changed in your body, go and get it checked out. Don't be afraid to visit your GP. I think um, during the pandemic, a lot of people have tended to try and avoid going to the doctors because they are scared that um, they're scared of wasting the doctor's time. Um, And that should absolutely not be a concern at all because the doctors are ready and waiting for you. Um, They want to hear from you. They would much rather that you went to them with a sign or a symptom that turned out to be nothing than for you to be diagnosed with with cancer. So and in most cases, it will be absolutely nothing to worry about. But it's just a case of getting yourself checked out. So Laura, if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? Probably the best place would be Instagram at Laura Price Writes or Twitter at Laura Price Write. And that's W-R-I-T-E, by the way. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming on the show. It's been great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast player or on YouTube. And if you can leave us a positive review, we really appreciate it. If you want more support, tips and ideas to strengthen these skills, go to the website unimenta.com where you can take part in live masterclasses, self-access online modules and download lots of free resources. Get the book, Seven Skills for the Future, in all major bookstores and on Amazon. And why not get yourself a copy of the 777 Journal to transform your life in just seven weeks through daily journaling practice.